What's going on, everybody? Welcome in. You are locked into the Philadelphia Eagles. This is Locked on Eagles. Thank you for joining us on this Wednesday edition of the show. It's a very special edition. It's kind of crossover. Um, We could not link up with Locked on Bills, so I think we got something even better, though. Mr. Derek Kramer of WGR Sports Radio, my other co-host. We got Gino Camilleri here in studio, Lars Lewis, my third co-host of Locked On Eagles. And it's a unique scenario where like an AFC East, NFC East battle has so much like knowledge. I mean, we all live in Buffalo, and I host a show on WGR Sports Radio 550 with you, Breakfast with the Bills on uh, Sunday mornings. So, welcome to the show, man. It's kind of unique now. Like you're on the Eagles side of this. Yeah, now, yeah, now I'm. It's weird. I'm wading into the enemy territory here, and. uh, this is going to be uh, quite interesting. I, this game, it's it's very interesting. It was one that when you looked at it at the start of the season, you're thinking, okay, you're probably not winning this one. Let's just it's like the big test. Let's, one let's of the few take, tests. Let's let's just take this one out of there. Like we didn't know how bad the Bills' schedule would actually turn out. We saw you saw winnable games, but you didn't see the Bengals at Ofer. And the Miami Giants looking. Like, I mean, we thought Miami was going to be bad, but mm, no, we knew Miami was bad. bad. We knew Miami was going to be that bad. It was just like you didn't expect that sort of stuff. You didn't expect to lose to New England by seven points, for mm-hmm. example. Like, there's a lot about the Bills' schedule that it's still – like it really did look a little stronger. Like Tennessee, you never knew which one you were going to get. <laughs> and uh, Tell even me. though that game was a seven-pointer, I never had a doubt about the Titans. Like, it's mm-hmm. been a very confusing season. So entering the, Bills, the season, you didn't know what part. this was. Now this game – I mean, you guys have been saying this stuff. From, from an outsider's perspective here – it's winnable. It's more winnable but, than it's. But look, I'm guarding yeah. because, I mean, everyone that listens to this knows the turmoil that's been going on with your team. I'm looking at this though, and I'm saying, a desperate team is a dangerous team. Especially the Eagles Especially play the really Eagles. good. Especially right, one that you know has I mean? talent, like the Eagles yeah. do. Yeah. No, it's um, it's a unique thing. It's kind of cool to see both sides covering both teams. And um, I think they're on the different. If you were telling me it was going to be a five and one team versus a three and four team, all the way around, you right? Would have thought I mean, the other way around. Yes, the Eagles were coming in. The national media. I remember Sports Illustrated came out with their NFL predictions, and it was Eagles Chiefs, Eagles Chiefs, Eagles Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, maybe just we got to stop buying into the Eagles on paper because every time we expect something, mm-hmm. they disappoint. 2011, 2015, even last year for the majority of the season, and now. This year, whereas when they win the Super Bowl, it's 2017. I have them going eight and eight. Welcome to my inner hell for 20 years. <laughs> we don't have it as bad as Buffalo fans. That's yeah, for sure. that's why we yeah, probably should be complaining on this. Anytime one. you expect them to do something, they wouldn't. And then the year we expected, oh, they're taking. They just traded away Ronald Darby. They traded away they, Sammy. Right? Rockins. Yeah, that's so true. Playoffs. Sure. Yeah, it was, Got the, it. it was the year everybody thought they were just mailing it Got in. Got it. And it was the year. <laughs> that our other co-host here, Lars Lewis, decided to take a break. He he pulled a friends on the Buffalo Bills. Great segue. And he joined the Philadelphia Eagles. And look, I am not a I'm not radically conservative when it comes to fandom. I'm not someone that you were born here, you're gonna like that team, you're gonna go through all the hardships no so matter ridiculous. what. For me it's like I think it should, look, I love Buffalo as my, my hometown. I'm a Sabres fan from hockey. But at the same time, when you're a kid, you're an eight-year-old kid trying to come up and be a, a sports fan. And I was kind of an individual. I liked to do my own thing as a kid. I didn't like my whole family was the fan of the same team. I wanted my own style. And when the Bills were pulling off you know, 10 years at that point of not making the playoffs, they're not very appealing. So, Lars, I'm okay with 
what you did. I think you you put up with. I felt a lot so jaded for a long time. All of those. So years. what we did actually to decide Lars's next team was we did an interview process. I asked. <laughs> I, I collected fifty questions. And it had to do with fan bases, what he liked about a fan base, what he liked about a city, what he liked about a stadium, about certain players, what he wanted in a quarterback. And I narrowed it down to Philadelphia and Green Bay. And I thought for his sake, for the first year of being a fan of a new team, it would be nice if he knew some people there to kind of get him into it. So I chose Philadelphia for him. And, of course, that year is the year the Bills make the playoffs, but it's also the year the Eagles won their first ever championship. So it was kind of a win-win scenario for you, It was. (laughs) Absolutely. No matter what, I was going to win. So you're probably a happy camper. But, yeah, yeah, it's, it's very unique. Look, this is, again, two teams that play every four years and... I don't count. We were saying it before the show. I don't count the Chip Kelly game. I knew. I, as a I, I laid game. into every really? Bills yeah. fan I know. See, like, I, I'm still trying to avenge that two, 2011, the offsides game. Remember with Jaquay Parker? First what, time Derek, saw the Bills started, Everyone uh, and their mother knew it was coming. <laughs> the Bills started, what, 5-2 and two that year with Ryan Fitzpatrick? It's because, funny that you mention this because the last time they were 5-1. and one, Oh, was that year? It was 2008. Okay, yeah. And I remember still it was my first ever Eagles game. Gino, you were there too, right? Yeah, yep. And they uh, they had a chance to get the ball back, and it was fourth down, and the Bills clearly were not going to go for it. They were only going to try to – everyone and their mother knew that they were not going to take a snap. And Jaquay Parker, of all people, goes offsides. And he was a pretty solid defensive end. Jackson end. had like 150 yards. Yeah, Nick game. Barnett had an interception. Barnett, Drayton Florence had a good game, so – here we are. You take me back to some weird things, <laughs> yeah. man. Here we are, eight years later, and these two teams are—they're very different. I mean, I wouldn't say they're very different. I mean, the Bills again are the surprise team of the NFL, and the Eagles are a, a fan—you know, a preseason favorite that's struggling, and they're at, they're at three and four. And yeah, I think it's—I think it's very different from what I would have thought preseason. These, I thought the situation would be completely opposite. Yeah, the biggest thing about this with the Bills is that they're they're pocketing the wins that they can right now, and that is a huge. That's thing true. For I mean, them. they're beating the teams they can beat. They're beating the teams not only that they can beat, but when Lucky you're looking at it week after week like, at this point, it's you're beating teams that you should beat. The Jets. We didn't know if that game was going to be a, a truly one of those things. Instead, the Bills have four turnovers by halftime, and they're still only losing six nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that everybody I was working with that for that game, I just turned to Nate Geary and I'm just going. They're winning this game. They're only down six nothing after those weird turnovers. Wait, where do you think? Like, where is where is your head at with the Bills? Because at five and one, they've beaten a lot of. T- I mean, the, the teams they've beaten. What was it, Gino? What was the point differential they have? I think Mr. Jimmy Kemsky today tweeted it out saying that they were minus three hundred and fifty nine in point so, differential for the teams that yeah. they've beaten this year. And a win, you you beat the teams you you beat, but they haven't necessarily blown them out. But at the same time, they held Tom Brady to his lowest passer rating in almost a decade and a half. So, like, for you, where is your head at? Like, are you a believer yet? Do you? I mean, of course, you probably got to see more. Like, I am curious to see where you're at with the Bills and their, you know, what, what I mean, five and one, again, they haven't done that in a decade. Now, here's my problem. I sometimes get duped by buying in. Sometimes? Going, yeah, often enough. As someone <laughs> that bought into 2015 often? Philadelphia Eagles lore, I can't... Really yeah, I think all three happens. of us have gotten kind of duped yeah. this year. I've gotten got over the past 20 years with the Buffalo Bills. However, with this one, despite the fact that they didn't win style points against Miami, they didn't really bash in the face of the Cincinnati Bengals. They even had to come back in that game, too. 
you had to come back against Ophers, and that's usually troubling. However, I'm not sensing that sort of thing. The Bills generally seem to be this team right now that plays literally to their competition. The New England Patriots, their closest game was with Buffalo. The Miami Dolphins, they're trailing by the start of the fourth quarter. The Cincinnati Bengals, they have to go on a drive in four-minute offense to win that game. Mm -hmm. It seems like the Bills play down to their competition, but they also play up to it, which is a very bizarre thing to see. Interesting. And this is where it seems like, and this is something that's natural with football teams, is sometimes they play down to their competition, and it's not necessarily they're overlooking it. It's just... It seems like it's more of a regression to the mean sort of thing. The Buffalo Bills, though, they're taking advantage of it. They're still finishing these games. Now here comes the uh, Jekyll and Hyde, the roller coaster that there is. Josh Allen. Josh Allen is, I would say, actually a microcosm of this Buffalo Bills team. Hmm. How Allen goes, the Bills go, which that's usually how it should be in a quarterback-driven league, but it's more of if Allen's down, the team is suddenly struggling. They've had third quarters where they've produced six total yards. Yeah, it is weird because then in the fourth quarter, he's been awesome this year. And that is where I say this is where Josh Allen goes, the Bills go. Josh Allen has a 69% completion percentage, four touchdowns, and zero interceptions in fourth quarters this season. He has four touchdowns and seven picks in the other three quarters. Yeah, He is somehow this fourth quarter savant that just manages to wreck whatever is in his way and that new england game when he gets that concussion i feel like i'm not going to say that he beats the patriots but we were ripped off of an opportunity to see fourth quarter josh allen instead you saw against new england eagles quarterback legend matt barkley and he did a good job getting them back down into the red no look you're right i think it's in it we're going to get into offense the bills offense and the eagles defense and then vice versa coming up in the next two seconds to really answer your question and i kind of dodged it by going on this long explanation and writing a dissertation for you (laughs) but uh I feel good about this team. I think they're a playoff team for two reasons. One, they're winning the games that they needed to. And two, the AFC after Houston is pathetic. It stinks. No, no. It's pathetic. It It doesn't even stink. It's pathetic. It's gross. And the Bills are pretty much, I would call, a lock at this point based on the fact that they've got money in the bank and the rest of their schedule still is not that daunting. So I, I think of it this way. You've got the Patriots, the Chiefs, the Texans, you would say those are probably the three overall best teams in the AFC. No. I like Baltimore too, but I actually would say the Indianapolis Colts are that third team. For but me in right fairness, now. there's not there's no one that's really sticking are there, out are there outside there six of Kansas teams City right now. You could say that have a chance of beating out Buffalo with the way the, the already the gap they have mm-hmm. and the strength of schedule for sure. I think that the Bills are. I could in name a you the six spot. teams. I can name yeah. you the six teams that are going to be in the playoffs right now: New England. Baltimore, Kansas City, Indianapolis, Houston, Buffalo. Right. Possibly in seeding wise, I flip Kansas City in there mm-hmm. in that order. Because like I, I think Nick Foles, if he takes back over for Jacksonville, could, you know, turn that around. They're only three and four, but again, when you're Buffalo and you're already two games up on them and you have the schedule, the next the the question I think more so now is with Buffalo. It's 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 an interesting situation from both sides. The Eagles, it's make or break time. If you if you're three and five mm-hmm. coming off a bye week, right? You got the Patriots and the Seahawks coming up next. That might be game over, very much like it was in 2011 when they lost that game. 
it felt like to me the season was over and it was a little too late. They got hot. Remember mm-hmm. they won four straight and they went eight and eight that year, but it was too little too late. And I feel like a lot of it, the, it came off the, the tires when they lost to the Bills. From Buffalo's perspective here, it's also kind of make or break time. But from I a perspective, they, I of think who they is still this, have something to play for. And yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it's like make or break time. Like not no, to I think the, the Bills. I think the I think the Bills realize they they're still being kind of written off. That's by that's the rest I think, of the I don't, league. I don't think so I think they're going to be from, motivated too. I don't think it's I make or break time from making the playoffs. This is make or break time. I think it's to prove no. to everybody mm-hmm. that they're more than beating up on bad teams. Yes, that's where I'm coming from. There's something to prove. You're absolutely right about that. There, and that's where they're possibly being written off. They have something to prove. There's a chip on their shoulder. However, if they lose this game, this is a not even the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Two, right. an oh, NFC yeah. loss, which yeah. isn't even a tiebreaker problem mm-hmm. for you. I think it's more of a morale thing, like yeah. to and say. For the third know, thing, it's, we can we can beat what's considered a legitimate football right. team. Yes. As as a Bills follower, this is kind of like a shrug it game. Yeah. Like if they lose, I'm shrugging my shoulders. I'm going NFC okay, just opponent. Go, doesn't just go matter. Kick, yeah. Kick Washington's teeth in then. Yeah. Next Buffalo's okay, go take it out on them. Buffalo's got way you, less to lose in this yeah. game than Philadelphia. But I think Absolutely. it does make you feel a lot better that look this Eagles team for every problem they have and all the injuries they're a good football yeah. team still and I mean they just went into Lambeau and beat the Green Bay Packers what and they're the only still. team that's beaten them this year yeah. so yeah they and Deshaun Jackson might to be p- back to put this game in a in an analogy and me as a true degenerate I could put it like this <laughs> there's times on the roulette table when you hit a couple numbers in a row you're feeling good you put a couple quarters in your pocket you're playing with house money right that's that's the, that's the bills right now the Eagles are that guy that you see that's sweating? His he's got a couple buttons on undone on <laughs> he's his got shirt. Stacks on red, and he's not. He's sure got it's yeah. Hit. He's got stacks on red. <laughs> he's got a coin flip to come out on the other end of this, which Vegas is saying this game is. It's, it's close to a pick one em and right a now. His one next month's rent is on that ball. No, his, not not the next month's rent. His entire livelihood. This <laughs> his is, kid's college I, fund. I don't yeah. know about that. I mean, no, I mean, Lar- look, look at this Eagles team right now, Lars. You can't say that the. That this is not a must-win game because With if you lose turmoil. this game and lose against the Bears, another in-conference opponent, your season is done. And you done. play the Patriots and Seahawks. Your season you, is you're done. Three and five. You'd be three and five after this game. The trade deadline's on Tuesday. You probably sit. How he probably sits on his hands at that point. Mm-hmm. I mean, because last year you're almost in the same scenario where you beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. You're four and four. So he goes out and gives a third-round pick for Golden Tate. If they lose that game, if Buffalo beats the Eagles this week. They probably don't do that. So, and there's already, I don't want to say the locker room is divided right now. I don't think that everyone is, there's some people trying to reform the narrative that they're still split on Wentz and Foles. And for me, I don't think so. I think it's one bad egg. And Chris Long said this the other day on his podcast that um, he thinks it's the same source as last year. He does not think, by the way, it's Alshon Jeffrey. I don't want to believe it's Alshon Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. I think he'd be the fakest two-faced person ever if it did end up being him. And he was he's at the Sixers game, by the way, tonight with Carson Wentz, just yeah, for no FYI. So I don't think the locker room is divided. That's the narrative this week. The media is really mm-hmm. trying to play that up because, of, I mean, that's yeah. what the media does. I just does. think they're just not playing Yeah, well. I, I think more but so the losing is hurting scenario. the culture. Yeah. More so than the culture is the reason this is the get they're losing. Game. I think it's what happens on the, what happened on the field so far this season that has mm-hmm. caused them to be I hope this so. Record. Look, I don't want to hear I told Gino this on Monday. I pray there's not this just and look, if, if there is a rift, I think it's more so between the players and the coaches because Malcolm Jenkins mentioned he 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 I didn't want to say he dis- disputed what Lane Johnson said about people showing up late and that kind of stuff, but he didn't really want to make it public. But when he finished that statement, he said 
if it, that is happening, it's not on the players. Mm-hmm. So if there is a problem, I think it's more so with the coordinators. Yeah. We're talking about you two d- different teams. Like, Buffalo is a very well-buttoned-up team right now. Like, Sean has his group in order. I think this is a game that, yeah, they. Ex- I fully expect Buffalo coming into this game expecting them to win. But this Eagles team has been in this exact scenario how many times? They were last they year. They were written off in the Atlanta game in the first game of the playoffs. They were written in the next game, written off against Minnesota, written off against the Patriots. They were written off last year going into London year. against Jacksonville when they were 3-4. and four. Exact same scenario a year later. We talked about it all week long. Three and four on the road against an AFC opponent. Time is a flat circle. Your back is against the wall before <laughs> the trade deadline. This is a game that I honestly feel, like I said in that analogy, they got all their chips on red right now. They're just hoping that ball hits. And they got to put together a very, very good game. They can't shoot themselves in the foot against the Buffalo team that if they have the lead, that defense is not giving up the lead. Yeah, And, and we'll get into this obviously more in depth. Yes. But the good news is... Y'all got the quarterback that doesn't shoot himself in the Yep. Team. So uh <laughs> true. Has but a they times, do have but they do have the wide everybody receivers. else around them does. I was gonna say they have the offense that shoots themselves in the foot though, right? The now. Bills, strangely enough, I, I because we're talking about shooting in the foot, and now I'm gonna mention about me. Which being is the name degenerate. of the Eagles season so far, by um, the way. This this Bills team is uh Malibu's most wanted. <laughs> you see that? I just shot my foot. <laughs> Except they don't freak out at the end. They just <laughs> they're just sitting there like, you see that? I just shot my foot. <laughs> and then they go and win the game. Yeah, that's like, the one yeah. thing I'll give them. And we'll get more into it. They don't, they don't take a break fold in a the tent. I, I don't want to say, like, I think the Eagles have had one of the most, the tightest locker rooms over the past three years. I think the difference more so is that it's the players dictate the culture more. Doug Peterson's a very. I do want to pick your brain on something like okay, that. Okay, yeah, though. yeah. Go ahead. And uh, it's really about this. Like, this is going to sound hot takey, but. Um, I'll be the judge of that. No, it's going to be. Um, is Nick Foles one of the worst things that could have happened to the locker room? Like his emergence and no. success? Look, I think they're missing. I will say one thing about Because I feel like Foles. the locker room still has like this little bit of a See, divide. Of, I don't. I don't think that's it's not, what it is. Not necessarily like against Carson Wentz, but it's like, damn, I really loved Nick Foles. I know. Like, don't get me wrong. I think they the love The adoration his leadership. might still be holding something back for Carson Wentz. I, I'll mm-hmm. say this. I don't think they're missing him as like, the There's a statue of Nick Foles out there. I know. I heard, I heard something that I, I want to say this before yeah. you answer. This is like the Seahawks when they shipped out Golden Tate. Do you remember that? When Ooh, they had guys that mm-hmm. there was a rift with Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, even though Golden Tate was at the height of his game at that point. He wasn't with Russ, and anybody out against Russ, they got rid of. I'm with. If you find out who that was, that even if did it's that, Elshon, if it really is, you, Elshon, se- you send him to the moon. I'm getting rid of him. You, I agree. You have to, the quarterback is the most Banished important. To Miami. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. You yeah. have been sent to Cincinnati. <laughs> but this enjoy is, Ohio. This is what they did when when they had Byron. I'll Ma- cut it out. <laughs> this, I'll cut it out. They had Byron Maxwell. They had Kiko Alonso. They had Demarco Murray. Those guys that didn't want to buy in, and then they ship them out of town, and then all of a sudden their their yeah. locker room is cohesive again. Sure. I, if that's and if you when you find out who it is you do if you if you find out who it is you get rid of them mm-hmm. to answer Derek's question I don't think it's a consensus feeling I don't think that's right. and Malcolm Jenkins even said this uh, last week and that's week. why you get these players he, out yeah, of there he doesn't you don't he, want it to spread right yeah. well, he doesn't just think cut it's Scandrick the, earlier this week yeah he doesn't think it's the majority opinion of the feeling of the locker room I will say about Foles they miss his calm presence presence that leadership that even when he was a backup like there was just, there was a vibe with him that's it's a different. It's a, yeah, it's mm-hmm. a personality that's different than Carson Wentz. I'm not saying Carson Wentz is um, 
it's like a what what is it what is the the saying like a personality A versus personality B Yeah, it's Carson's a bit more reserved, Look, a little they, more cerebral. Yeah, I'm not saying they were they want Foles as the starting quarterback. But at the same time, I will say they do miss Foles' leadership. I, I I don't think it's divided about Wentz. Look, last year I wouldn't say I was I was not. No, no, I know, I know, I know. I'm, 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 I never, just, I'm telling yeah. you, I think, I think when that hit piece came out last year, when these anonymous sources or a anonymous source, that writer, I just don't believe a lot of what he said. I think there were a lot of as a journalism major, I think there were a lot of holes in that piece. Um, and almost anybody that meant anything to the organization, every starter on both sides of the ball came to the came step up to the plate for Carson Wentz and defended him. Mm-hmm. So I am I'm hoping I'm hoping that it's more so of a losing causing the rift more so than a major rift causing the losing. When he hears everything. And yeah. yeah, it really is. Like when you talk about culture, like the Eagles had seemingly one of the best cultures in the league and when to me it's all about winning. when they were what when you 13 should, and right. 3 in Super so Bowl if, champions. So if if they can't <laughs> if they can't keep it tight when there's things going bad, then who is going to? That's mm-hmm. why for me I'm never Buffalo building Bills. a team like Chip Kelly did off of culture. I'm I'm going by the talent because if I'm winning, you're not hearing anything. Mm-hmm. You're not hearing a peep. Bills I will give Sean McDermott I know. I will give Sean McDermott credit though. He's He's got the culture thing on another level. Mm-hmm. We're going to get more into the X's and O's coming up next. I want to talk about the Bills' offense first versus the Eagles' defense because I think that's the matchup that's really going to tip this thing over because whoever gets the advantage there, I think the Eagles' offense and the Bills' defense is going to go back and mm-hmm. forth, but this Bills' offense versus Eagles' defense matchup might really decide it because I think it's the weaknesses of both teams are going head-to-head in this one. So we'll get into that coming up next. It's Lou DiBiase, Gino Camilleri, Lars Lewis, and Derek Kramer of WGR Sports Radio 550 joining you today on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. And guys, we are sponsored today by MyBookie. MyBookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. They always have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sportsbook on the planet. So... If you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and bet with my bookie. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. Pick your locks for the week, put them together in one parlay bet, and when they all come through, the rewards will be huge. Tired of watching the games from the couch with nothing to gain? My bookie wants to get your mind off everything else and back on the game. Best part is if you join right now, my bookie will double your first deposit. That's right. If you put in $1,000, they'll give you $1,000. That's double your initial deposit. You can use all on your favorite picks. Use our promo code LOCKDOWN to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code LOCKDOWN to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, and you get paid. We'll be right back. This is Lockdown Eagles. All right, everybody, welcome back in. This is the Lockdown Eagles podcast, a Wednesday edition of the show. We are halfway through the week, Buffalo week, next Sunday, this Sunday at 1 o'clock at New Era Field in Orchard Park. Louis DiBiase, Gino Camilleri, and Lars Lewis joining you as usual, but we're joined in studio today by uh, my co-host on WGR Sports Radio 550, Breakfast with the Bills. It's Derek Kramer. And uh, Derek, we were kind of getting into it a little bit. You, you touched on Josh Allen and how this team really – goes with their quarterback and and that's kind of the way the NFL goes for the most part and I respect what they did from Allen's when when they picked Josh Allen I'm a upside guy to a fault I'm a ceiling guy to a fault I want the player that has that cannon for an arm the mobility 6'5 you know however however tall he is I mean however how much he weighs? He's, he he looks like Cam Newton. Honestly, he he's built like Cam. Do you have Newton. a poster of him in your bedroom? By the way, you're describing him. Come on. I, he, Does he look, look good in shorts? It, the upside <laughs> is look. He 
Paxton. Yeah. Oh, you bastard. Yeah. But that, no, it's true. To a fault. I'm an upside guy to a fault, and that's why I liked Paxton Lynch. But it's also why I liked Carson Wentz more so than Jared Goff. And it's very similar. The Bills went with Josh Allen over a Josh Rosen. I think it's working out, not to the level of Wentz, like taking a, a Carson Wentz, but I don't know. I mean, Allen's such a polarizing guy. He has improved in the areas that he people thought he never would, the short, intermediate game. But then, I mean, his his quarterback rating went down the field is really bad. I mean, Dreadful. you look at don't all, even say really bad. It's it's a he greenful. hasn't completed a pass, and yet. that's my problem with Allen is he can be as cons- like as accurate as he wants at times. But to me, he's never going to be that consistent, accurate passer. So if he can't find a way to use that weapon that's dangling from his right shoulder, then at that point, I would have went with a Rosen instead. Now here's the strange thing. Two years ago, when Josh. Allen was drafted to the Buffalo Bills, and you saw the kind of player that he was. If I would have gone back in time, and it was a very extensive quarterback search because like every fan was into it at that point. Oh, and there was five guys people were debating. Guys, you know, Baker, was, Lamar, everyone was. Darnold. Everyone had their guys. Yeah, and and with all yeah. the intensive scouting that even the casual fan was doing, if I were to go back in time and tell you that Josh Allen looks best right now as a rhythm passer, I'm pretty sure I would have been assaulted right. for being on drugs. Mm-hmm. And like being like, get this weirdo you know, away you from were, me. Aunt, you were big time Get me, Get this guy Allen. away from me. What is he saying? Still am. Yeah. <laughs> Josh Allen, and here's the strange thing. You mentioned the thing about the weapon that is his right arm and the struggles of the deep ball game. Here's the strangest part about the Buffalo Bills right now, though, and their passing offense as we're going to dive into this now. The Buffalo Bills are most effective on offense this year when they go into a quick strike rhythm passing mm-hmm. offense that allows Josh Allen to hit the short to intermediate game almost to perfection with the receivers that he has in John Brown and Cole Beasley in particular. We're a big John Brown pro John Brown podcast. Oh my god, John Brown has been John Brown has been more than what the Bills were looking Here's for. Here's a, a stat from John Brown. He is one of two receivers this year that have 50 uh, receiving yards in every game. Him and, and know, Michael Thomas. Yep, and I know the other one is Michael Thomas. He's mm-hmm. really good at the football thing. He's pretty good. Can't guard Mike. He also can't guard John right now. And they haven't, hit the, they haven't even hit the deep ball with him, and that's Brown's strength. I mean, Gino, me and you were talking about how can we find speed in mm-hmm. free agency, and it eventually was Deshaun Jackson they traded for. But I think your favorite guy was John Brown. Yeah, I pounded the table for him. And yeah. the way Buffalo's using him right now is not what I expected I, I, I don't think he's any, a complete receiver. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. It's very he, surprising. He, you know what he has done since his, his career has began is he's taken that kind of Deshaun Jackson evolution. He became, he was that that nine I route like that, type yeah. receiver in the beginning in Arizona. We saw it that he did that with two minutes left, eighty yard touchdown yeah. from Carson Palmer. We saw it firsthand. And then he, he kind of changed too. his game when he got to Baltimore. That's yeah. a different style of offense. You see, they, they kind of wanted to fade towards the Hollywood Brown downfield receiver. But he had to take that step when he was in Baltimore that become that route-running receiver, and you've seen that in Buffalo. He's much getting, like Jackson has. It's yeah, a good much point, like Jackson. Sure. Deshaun was that downfield threat and early now on in his career. he's a great route runner. Now we talk about his route running. You, you see that in John Brown, and you see why Josh does great in the intermediate areas is because that's where John Brown See, that's best. the thing. You like, get the ball in his hand. Yeah. He does two years ago. You would have said you got to make sure Allen doesn't hit the deep ball. Now, if I'm the Eagles, I can't have any more of this Jim Schwartz having his corners line up 10 no. yards off the ball and backpedaling heading for the hills. Because for me, I'm daring Allen to hit the deep mm-hmm. ball. I should be playing up. I want cover two press man coverage here, but he won't. And I now, just I'm nervous thing. they're not going to do it. Here's the thing they better not. 
they better not do exactly what you're saying. If you dare, no man. Josh if you're Allen, seeing the way Allen, here's, here's the thing. Ready? He has missed. Let's badly. talk. Let's talk about the deep ball. Let's talk about Josh Allen's deep ball and the struggles that have been going on with that. Josh Allen, oftentimes that deep ball has been missing for one specific reason, and it is this: it is that he is throwing to wide receivers that he did not have last year. The deep ball guy that he had last year that he had in practice and a continuity with was Robert Foster, mm-hmm. who has not been active. We'll take for him many off games. your hands. We'll mm-hmm. give you a conditional seventh. And he's not been active for many games. You can have this Nelson year. Aguilar. It's because of injury, inconsistency. One. Robert Foster's not been on the field. The other thing is this. Allen's deep balls have often been because of pressure. The dude stepping up in the pocket, not setting his feet and launching yeah, this his thing. his footwork is... And when you blitz him, these things become a problem. Yeah. It's good that he's seeing it, but the problem is I think that he's seeing these plays oftentimes a little too late, mm-hmm. honestly. The deep ball, however, don't dare him to throw it because if the law of averages has taught me anything in life, things will return to the norm. And there is your biggest problem is that if there is a game for Josh Allen to start connecting on these things, it's against the Eagles. They've given up eight receptions of 40-plus yards this year. See, let me counter that. You talked about how a lot of these deep passes come against the Blitz. The Eagles have been burned on deep balls against the Blitz many a time. Yeah, times. that's why when you said Blitz him, I'm like, but, oh, I don't know. But <laughs> a lot of those quarterbacks, i.e. Kirk Cousins, i.e. Dak Prescott, got the ball out of their hands. I have counted on two hands the amount of times on third down that Josh Allen has taken sacks that have ultimately either one taken them out of field goal range, put them in a bad third and long situation, even even on second down, put them in a bad third and long situation. Intentional grounding. Into uh, that, on the other hand, made a bad pass into double coverage. You have seen it time and time again. And if Jim Schwartz, as hard headed as he is, is going to continue to blitz, continue to play his corners off. They're going to be susceptible. To yeah, the deep cover ball. zero lining ten yards off. But the you have Josh Allen who can hold onto the ball, and your pass rush will get there with your number one pressure rate right now in the league at forty two percent, which is absolutely insane. You have a quarterback that holds on the ball like Josh Allen, like Mitch Trubisky next next week. These are the quarterbacks. Yeah, I don't know. I think you, uh, Derek, you before you respond, it's I, a good counterpoint. And again, yeah. I've said it. The best that this offense has looked is with a quick, quick rhythm passing mm-hmm. offense, and that's how you beat the Eagles. We've seen it time and time again. And that's Dak exactly last where week, I mean, Eli Manning. This is why guys like Cousins and Dak Prescott have been feasting on him this year because they yeah, are those type of quarterbacks. And it's the play action. It's the, it's really getting. I think the other thing here with the Eagles defense that the Bills defense does very good. They're very disciplined. Whereas last week, I can't tell you the amount of misdirection. I mean, Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott, they weren't doing anything fancy, but it's a fake here or there. It's mm-hmm. a play action, and everyone's biting. The Eagles linebackers are decimated right now. Nigel Bradham's probably not going to play in this one. You got guys like Nate Geary. You got guys like um, Camus Grugier Hill, and it just everybody's biting down, and it's opening things up. So I don't know. I mean, di- like. I, I Talk think about this, a Dawson Knox game coming yeah, up. Yeah, that's that's the part Our I'm more nervous about. Uh, Dawson Knox has had a lot of dropsies I've seen the last couple of weeks. But he's the most drops. athletic tight end, and we have guys that can't cover on the outside. We mm-hmm. we were lucky that we had to play Jason Witt. Yeah, honestly, week. Derek, I don't know if you agree. I just I think the Eagles' blueprint here on defense should be keep Press outside contain, keep mm-hmm. him in the pocket where you know he. I think sometimes he gets stone feet and his mechanics kind of suffer because of that. It's all arm down the field, and that's where it gets a little inaccurate. I would I would much rather have that happen than get him in a rhythm with the quick passing play action. That's what makes me nervous because the Eagles give that up, and I just don't think they're going to adjust. I now, hope so. The Bill. I hope Allen tries to go deep. Now let's talk about the elephant in the room with the Bills' offense. It's Brian Dable. 
I think that several times in this season, Loose Brian Dable. Brian. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say. <laughs> Brian Dable has, I think, play calling wise, sometimes held this team back because you've seen it. The Jets mm-hmm. game in particular for me is the shining case of how good this offense could be. They had four turnovers. They were still one of the best at moving the football down the field between the 20s in particular, and then some weird turnover was happening, whether it was, a, for example, the interception that was a pick six off of Cole Beasley and it goes in for a touchdown, where Beasley usually catches that. There was a fumble where it was an exchange snap. Botched it. This is his first time playing with Mitch Morse, period. There were weird turnovers, things that normally don't happen. And what was Brian Dable using against the Jets' defense? It was a quick-strike rhythm-passing game, Mm -hmm. oftentimes feasting on short and intermediates. And yet, we have seen this team, for the most part, go away from it. The Patriots game, Mm -hmm. going forward to the Patriots game, for example, the offense was getting crushed. Allen can't help himself. That's why I want to dare him to do it. And again... That's but New England did a great job with it. They've been doing great with all these quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Sam Darnold seeing ghosts out there. What happens at the first drive of the second half? Bills get the football, and Josh Allen goes six of seven because they go to a rhythm passing offense again, sprinkling in with some runs with Frank Gore and allowing themselves to be able to be fast and loose. Mm-hmm. When they're fast and loose, they are actually a very dangerous team. And I do believe they are in top 10 in yards produced in the NFL, total yards. They could be dropped down into like the 12 or something like that. But from what I've known, though, is that entering into that Miami game, they were the ninth-ranked offense in terms of yards. Their biggest problem has been around the 30-yard line. They're great between the 30s. They're great when it comes to you get a touchback. Next thing you know, they're marching from 25 on down. In the red zone, too. With it's not even red running. zone. Not even red zone. They've actually been the, really good in the red zone if you look at the numbers. It is between the 30 and the Who, 20. Buffalo? Yes. Yeah. 24-ranked offense in the red zone. I say in terms of scoring touchdowns, at least converting Efficient, them into touchdowns. Efficiency yes. Now, here's my thing. Here's my thing. From the 30 to the 20-yard line, Things tend to go wrong. Mm-hmm. A holding penalty here, a sack there. Sounds like the Eagles. It turns, instead of a sack, it's a turnover. It turns into one of these things where the Bills shoot themselves in the foot on that drive. Drive. And, try the whole season. If you actually looked at this, they have more pre-snap penalties than any team in so the NFL. So it sounds to me wow. like this unit, these units, it's the battle of, it's like the Plaxico mm-hmm. Burris battle. It's because it's just two units that shoot themselves in the foot over and over the again. The great thing is, though, that we talk about this Eagles defense, and you talk about how... How Buffalo can move it between the twenties. Eagles stink at defending between the twenties. We know that. But when they get to the red zone, unless Sidney Jones is in there, which yeah, he's probably totally not going to be, unit. it's a totally it's different unit. And the best red zone defender that we have, Jalen Mills, we finally have back. So right. it's that, it's going to well, come down to this if, is where your can new, Buffalo score in the red zone and can we defend them? That's this is where your that's new what chess the game piece is. comes in. His name is Tyler Croft. Yeah, Croft in Cincinnati that. has been a red zone threat, even with Tyler Eifert when he was with the Bengals. Mm-hmm. They have yet to be able to unleash that player this year in that scenario because by the time in that last game against Miami, there were times that they just not finishing the drive. Mm-hmm. And I think Tyler Croft is a large portion of what you're going to be able to do as an extra weapon in your offense in the red zone. I think that Buffalo has a real good chance of being able to move the football once again and being able to put up the yards again. Now the biggest difference is going to be you got to finish these drives at this point. Because that was the big thing about the Packers game. Uh, when Philly handed Green Bay their only loss of the season, 
it was red zone stands. Mm-hmm. They had they two. Were, they were forcing. They field had goals. two goal line stands in the fourth quarter, and, that and that's was where the I feel like earlier we get in the game, Buffalo. yeah, earlier in the game, even mm-hmm. they were forcing field goals instead of touchdowns when it was ten and eight. That's how they won the Super Bowl, by the way, too, with the Patriots. Yep. Remember yep. that first half, they forced like three field goal attempts in the red zone. Here's Scouts my problem. One. I don't yeah. know this about the Eagles, so I have to ask you guys: How you been doing dealing with speed runners? And uh, it, it, and did, lateral runners did, this year. Did did you come here knowing that that is going to make <laughs> us angry? Because that's that's I, our number I'm one. I'm going to guess that's bad. Oh yeah, it's that terrible. means that the limited use of Devin Singletary in the Miami game might be big for Buffalo. Well, here. look, the Eagles have been a great rushing defense, but the the other problem last week they were tackling wise. It looked like 2015 mm-hmm. all over again. Oh, they Frank Gore will have not, a day if you're not. They tackling could not well. tackle Ezekiel Elliott. They could not tackle Tony Pollard. It was. Brutal, and I think PFF right now has the Eagles' defense as twenty. They're ranked twenty eighth in tackling. It's that that's, that's the problem. Their their biggest problems are really just getting burned by speed down the field mm-hmm. and not being able to tackle in the and open field. If you get a guy like I, it's a discipline thing. It's he's, he's going to be a guy that creates. Yeah. he's going to create a he's, lot. He's of very yak. similar to a guy both teams are very familiar with, and Lashawn McCoy. That's yeah. that was his comp coming out of Florida, mm-hmm. uh, Florida Atlantic. That's a great point. Now you mentioned you don't you're not a fan of blitzing out. You know, Here's why you based should. on Schwartz's mentality. Look, if he wants to press and if he's going to have some guys mm-hmm. helping out deep for Mills and Darby, then I'm okay with a blitz here or there. But here. with with Schwartz, it's all or nothing. It's I'm either going, I'm yeah, going yeah, throwing zero blitz yeah. and getting burned yeah. every single exactly. time. With Josh Allen, that's where the turnovers come. Yeah, I saw that a lot Dan, against Miami last if, week. If they I'm did an Eagles fan, I'm going blitzes. to get him. Mm-hmm. I'm going after him. He like Miami's actually one of two games he didn't turn a football over at all, yeah. fumble or interception. I'm good for it, but you got to play up. I mean, yeah. You got to play up because Allen will the take. The Eagles don't have those corners, but you have to take the chance because mm-hmm. if you want, if you want to beat the Buffalo Bills, the only way you could even stay in the game with them at this point right now is you have to get the football from them. Yeah, and Josh Allen is unfortunately I was gonna say maybe. a very willing giver of the football. I'm kind of changing my mind as you say it because I'm thinking like. Dak Prescott would take that seven-yard mm-hmm. yeah, slant exactly. when we blitz, Beat. but Allen might again force Josh him into Allen mistakes. Will give you the football. Listen to his rating under pressure. pressure him. Mm-hmm. Listen to these stats. Uh, Ron Jaworski tweeted it out. Josh Allen under pressure this year: thirty-three percent completion percentage, one touchdown, four picks, an eighteen and a half mm-hmm. passer rating with no pressure. He's at seventy-one and a half comp percentage, six touchdowns, three interceptions, so a ninety-nine and a half passer mm-hmm. rating. So. And yeah, I mean, look, if you can get there with like four, a second it's easier. Quarterback. Yeah, and yeah. one of those interceptions was off a of Cole Beasley. If yeah. you can get there with four, I mean, you want to know what that reminds but me yeah, of? I'm, I'm kind of with you. That reminds me of year two Mitchell Trubisky. Like, a lot of these things we're talking about can move that the ball well done. That nervous. It, that, <laughs> I, I agree. But yeah, I mean, but the difference you, is Josh Allen has more intangibles than Trubisky no, does. But at I, least you have that Absolutely, but you. you look at on the field production-wise, a very, very good defense. <laughs> that does not you make can, me feel good. You can get to Mitch Trubisky. We did it last year in the playoffs. We got to Trubisky. He got to us in the fourth quarter. But if you can take a lead on this Buffalo team— I feel like if you can get to Allen, create a turnover, you just need Allen to throw that ball over once and get him thinking a little more than he needs to because if he holds on to that ball for another split second, our pressure's going to get there. And you need to and, get it early in the drive. Exactly. You have to Bills get to him very quick. Will get to it later. Yep. They're great at stopping things from happening on long fields. They are fantastic with it. You need to have one or two drives in this game for Philadelphia. You need one or two drives to be short field caused by a turnover in order to have your best shot at winning. 
I think what happens in the first quarter of this game is going to dictate the entire game. I like game. that. That's a good segue, too, because coming up next, we got to get into the Eagles' offense versus the Bills' defense, and that has been the Achilles heel of this t- team. A lot of it over the past two years has been how they start games on both sides of the ball. So that's coming up next right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Louis DiBiase, Gino Camilleri, and Lars Lewis joining you with our special guest today, Derek Kramer of WGR Sports Radio 550, the official Buffalo Bills radio affiliate. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, welcome in Eagles fans across the globe. Thanks for tuning in to this Wednesday edition of Lockdown Eagles. We're taking a first look at this matchup between the Eagles and the Buffalo Bills. And we got deep into the Bills offense versus the Eagles defense. And I don't know if you guys would agree. I feel like that's going to be the the matchup that really dictates this game. Because, look, the Bills defense, I think, man, they've been, a, I, th- I think, across the board. They struggled against Miami for a half last week against Ryan Fitzpatrick. but And I think it might have been off a of bye week. They yeah, seemed a little give, flat. Give them their props, man. That is an elite unit. I haven't seen a Bills defense look this good since Schwartz's uh, defense in 2014, right, with Mario Williams. With the wide and, nine. And Darby was there and Jerry Hughes, Nigel Bradham. It was a lot of the guys now. Jim that- Schwartz's biography should be Jim Schwartz, colon, had one good year in Buffalo. <laughs> and that was the story of Jim Schwartz. Really. The, the two years he was there, it was a very good uh, defense that they put together. Yeah, see, yeah. he's not. We, I thought we it was only one. No, it was actually only one year because Mike Pettin was 2013. Oh, it was Pettin. Anyway, oh, I, I mean, regardless, they're, they're, this unit is back looking like that. Mm-hmm. And the Eagles' offense was supposed to come in the league this year as one of the best units. Absolutely. And look, if they, they've, they've struggled for a lot of reasons. They lead the league in drops right now. Turnovers, just mind-boggling penalties that stall drives random weird lapses in play calling from Doug Peterson and no help whatsoever from his coordinator, Mike Groh, who we're trying to ship out of mm-hmm. town here. But I think the biggest thing, and Gino will probably agree, of all of that, and even the injury to Deshaun Jackson and the regression of Nelson Aguilar and the inability to get J.J. Ortega-Whites out of the field, the biggest thing right now is they are trailing in games by at least 10 mm-hmm. points in the first half. Six of seven games they've been trailing by 10, heading into this, 10 or more in the second half. And a lot of it, I'll blame the defense. They are a terrible unit starting off. They are soft. They give up points all the time, it seems, on the first couple drives. But it's hard for them when against Dallas last week, Dallas Goddard fumbles the ball and gives Dak Prescott the mm-hmm. ball on the thirty opposing 30-yard line, and they come back around and Carson Wentz gets strip-sacked, mm-hmm. and they have it on the 10. That's what's been killing this team more than anything. And you can point to all these factors I mentioned as a reason they're starting slow, but the main point is they have started slow now, it seems, for two years outside of a five, six-game stretch down you know, down the stretch last year. Yeah, I totally agree, and this is the game, I mentioned it, that you want to play with a lead against this Buffalo team because their defense is very good. They remind me a lot of that Dallas Cowboys defense that we saw last week, a very young, a younger side. Mike Hyde's a little older, but a younger secondary that can fly around Poyer's all over the football field. Mike Hyde's all over the football field. Trey White is one of the best shutdown corners in the game. More susceptible in the linebacking position, if I get this right, if Matt Milano is out especially, you're, you could take advantage of the run game against this Eagles, against this Buffalo front. And Ed Oliver is the guy I'm taking out from their their, their front. You get rid of Ed Oliver, I, I'm fine going against Star Latulale, and I'm fine. Go, who is it? Um, Jordan Phillips. Jordan Phillips. Don't I'm fine going say that against, about Jordan Phillips right now. He's playing hot, but if he's playing if, hot, I wouldn't even say he's playing hot. He has been Buffalo's best defensive tackle this year. Over at Oliver, you would say? Yes. Okay. He does he have five been, sacks, right? He's got five sacks. Three were in one game, but he was an absolute terror against Tennessee. He's been consistently doing this all year, though. 
They use a healthy rotation, mm-hmm. actually, with those defensive tackles, those three, and Kyle Pecco now. They, if Harrison Phillips was still playing. Yeah, I was, you, that was you, a big That yeah. was their best defensive tackle, actually, mm-hmm. through the first couple of games, and unfortunately he got— Because he filled in that Kyle Williams role, and you let Ed Oliver just go out there and yes. get to the quarterback. That's and now what you need. they have a healthy rotation with these players, and all four are doing things that they are expected to do. Latulale will never wow you. Mm-hmm. He does one he's thing. He's a space eater. He's a sponge. Yep. He's going to eat your blockers, and he's going to allow Jordan Phillips or Ed Oliver to be able to feast a little more on the interior mm-hmm. side for you. Or even more so, allow your linebackers like Tremaine Edmonds or Matt Milano to keep hands off of them. And those two have been, without a doubt, one of the best duo duos of linebackers in the mm-hmm. National Football League this year. Matt Milano might actually be my MVP of this defense right now. And that's saying something because the names that this defense has are bogglingly strong with the collective. Especially in the secondary. Like mm-hmm. I, I I do respect like I think Ed Oliver is gonna be a really good defensive tackle. We liked him throughout the draft process. Jordan Phillips this year, I mean five sacks inside is Thanks, awesome. Thanks Adam Gase. I, I'm, right. I'm not really concerned, though. I think the Eagles' offensive line should have a bounce-back game. I was very encouraged by what Andre Dillard mm-hmm. did at left tackle last week, and I don't think Lane Johnson's going to have that bad of a game again. I think he's Agreed. the best right tackle in football. I'm more concerned about this matchup between the Eagles' receivers and the Bills' secondary. I mean, you mentioned Tredavious White and Avoid Jordan Poyer costs, and Micah honestly. Hyde. I'm praying Deshaun Jackson plays in this game so he can get lined up against Levi Wallace because that's the mismatch I would want to exploit. But I don't know if the Eagles can do it without Deshaun because Nelson Aguilar, who's Geno's version of Voldemort right now, <laughs> is just, he has regressed to 2016 form and it's mm. just so I hate disappointing. I this, but Deshaun Jackson's probably, go- probably not going to be good for much if he plays in this game. Because if I'm Buffalo... Are you shadowing? Do they shadow? I'm putting... I mean, Schwartz never does that. Do, do, does Sean McDermott do it? McDermott does it dependent on the opponent. Mm-hmm. And wow, he adjusts. That sounds like something a coach should do, shocking. right? Do you know based on yes. the matchup? He goes what, based, a, what a foreign concept. Based on the matchup, <laughs> Tredavious White might go up against somebody. And sometimes that's where you see high catch totals for another player, but they're being limited in the yardage that they're creating for mm-hmm. it as well. I will go back. I will go to Jamison Crowder, for example, on this one. Uh, nickel corner Taron Johnson got hurt, and they went after Saran Neal a lot in the slot in that game. 16 catches for only 99 yards. Dude had 16 catches, couldn't get to a hundo. That's pretty baffling to me, wouldn't you say? So it's a lot of short stuff, but they're limiting where he's able to go after that. Robbie Anderson was not heard of in that game. Why? Trey White. 27 was there. Tredavious White. This is not a hot take. Is a top five corner in the National Football League the way he's playing right now? He's got three interceptions. So it's crazy they went from Stephon Gilmore right to Trey mm-hmm. White. I mean, I, man, the Eagles have been searching for a corner like those two for a decade and a half, it feels like. Yeah, but Tredavious White, he leads the league in interceptions, tied with three, and he has the best passer rating against with a minimum of 20 targets against. Yeah. And I think it's like 23.3 or something ridiculous like this. It's next-level stuff the way that Trey White is playing right now. Avoid him at all costs so that you don't have that turnover. The Bills thrive off of taking that football away. They are great at it. They do great things on defense with this sort of thing. They love being able to take that football away from you, and they are good enough to do it. If they don't, though, they can still be a dominant unit and give you a hassle for the rest of your days. It starts with that secondary. White. Poyer, Hyde, Wallace, and their nickel corners 
are Taron Johnson and Kevin Johnson, the former first-round pick from the Houston Texans, who's been playing very well on limited snaps this year. Johnson can play outside or inside as well. Saran Neal has been stepping up admirably as a big nickel player, a guy who could play like an extra safety, or he could even go ahead and manage to uh, create ways for you to still be a slot corner for you. Right. Saran Neal has been a very versatile piece for this team. It all comes down to this. Quite frankly, the Bills need to be healthy at linebacker. Mm-hmm. If Matt Milano doesn't play, that's not the end of the it's big world. Big for the Eagles too. Use a lot of twelve personnel. It's a lot of twelve personnel. If if the combination of Matt Milano and Corey Thompson cannot play, you are down to your third will linebacker again. We saw it against Miami. That's not good. Mm-hmm. If Milano or Alexander is available for this game, excuse me. If Milano or Thompson are available for this game, the Bills will look immensely better in defending the run game again. And if Milano is able to play at full health, that allows them to shadow the tight ends, mm-hmm. Ertz and Goddard. Ertz has been getting doubled with, all year. With a duo of Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano with possible safety brackets from Jordan Poyer and Mike. And if that happens, we just need, like, Doug Peterson has to... A lot of it comes down to just execution from the play calling and from the players because mm-hmm. the matchup is going to be so tough that you just you got to outplay them really yep. as simple it sounds simple but it, it, it's true that you know there can't be these times where Doug Peterson has these mind-numbing plays where it's why are you running on second down and 11 right. with mm-hmm. Jordan Howard or there's just you got to there's no creativity anymore there's no misdirection there's no like even Nelson Aguilar I feel like he's really needed Peterson's great play calling to help him thrive the past two years, and he can't really just perform mm-hmm. on his own. So they need that, and they if they're going to double Zach Ertz again, Alshon's got to have a day. Mm-hmm. Nelson Hegelor, if Deshaun Jackson's not out there, has to find some way to look like 2017 Nelson Aguilar. Right. I, I think Derek made a good point saying whoever's opposite of Trey is, that's, that's where you want to go. And I like Levi Wallace as a player, but I think, one-on-one, Elshon Jeffrey is just far superior to him as And I as think a that corner. if Deshaun Jackson doesn't play in this game, Jeffrey's going to get that attention. Absolutely. Which means it's, it comes down to number 13. Mm-hmm. And then it's Aguilar Or God forbid Wallace. they give Ortega Whiteside some snaps instead of Backpack Mac, who has, yeah, what, we'll one see. catch on 120 reps? But we talked about this defense. They're going to take Zach Ertz out of the game plan. That You would you would see that Dallas did that last week. Any successful defense has taken Zach Ertz out of the game plan. You hope to take Dallas Goddard out. Who scored those two touchdowns against the Jets? I mean, for the Jets when you guys played them. Do you remember? C.J. Mosley and Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell, who's a very good receiving running back. I see where you're going. We also have a very good receiving running back in Miles Sanders. So if you're going to game plan to take Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard out of the game, I'm letting Miles Sanders take whatever player you want to go coverage-wise one-on-one. Because if he has to get covered one-on-one by Micah Hyde or Jordan Poyer, athletically he is going to I wonder if the Bills will them. take a piece of the Cowboys game plan and they put Jordan Lewis on Sanders all game. But I don't think corner. I don't think they have a, a, a corner they do. fast enough it, that runs 4-2-7. Jordan Lewis is a 4-2-7 type player. Right. Kevin was Johnson fast. was that speed guy. And I think that if you need to incorporate him into this defense this week, I wonder if they do that he would be of, a good chess piece to counter with. Instead of going uh, against Aguilar, maybe they put a slot guy in Sanders. Because you're right, if yeah. they don't do that and the mm-hmm. linebackers are targeting tight ends, the problem is that's that what the Sanders Bills have been able to a do this lot year. of secondary players that could do the job. And like even Saran Neal, a guy like, I would be confident in putting him on a guy like Dallas Goddard right now. Mm-hmm. And then that would allow... 
Tremaine Edmonds or Matt Milano to be freed up to worry about Miles Sanders even so. Mm -hmm. So having that big nickel in Saran Neal is a helpful piece for Buffalo here that allows you to counter Goudard and that even allows guys like Hyde or Poyer or Milano or Edmonds to mix up their coverages even Mm -hmm. and possibly try to confuse Wentz on which one of these athletic guys is covering Zach Ertz, which one of these guys is covering Miles Sanders. They can mix this up and make things a little interesting on you because the presence of Saran Neal probably going on Dallas Goddard would be my best way to try to take things on. Because for being a fifth-round pick, Saran Neal has proven to be very steady as a slot corner despite his size and formerly being well, a and safe. just the defense schemes so well. I mean, they game mm-hmm. plan so well every week, too. I mean, I'll, for Sean McDermott, man, from he was the Eagles defensive coordinator in 2010, and we ended up firing him for it. And, and look, I think it was justified at the time. McDermott was kind of Jim Johnson's, mm-hmm. right, Jim Johnson's right-hand man. Um, but it just the defense was never the same after he Jim Johnson passed away and, under McDermott. And they went to Juan Castillo, who was an offensive line coach. And the Bills are familiar with him because Sean had him on his staff. But McDermott has just grown so much from there. He really has become the guy that learned under one of the best defensive coordinators really I've ever known of uh, from all the years in Carolina to what he's done with this Bills defense that, look, they've got a lot of talent now, but over the years, how they've performed under McDermott, it's not like they have like star elite players mm-hmm. You know, across the board, they have. I mean, the safety tandem is awesome. Trey White is an elite corner now for sure. Yeah, they but, didn't to start. But they off. didn't, and they were still. But now like, they, they that do. was the reason they made the playoffs, and now you got the talent. So we can't have the drops, the slow starts, and mm-hmm. Carson Wentz. Me and you have defended him all year. He's he's got to process things better than last week. He's got to see the field better. He he missed. You know, he just felt he did, wasn't feeling pressure at all. I feel I, on his blind side, that strip sack, he just didn't feel it. And that's like his innate abilities. Mm-hmm. Like those times. But Buffalo doesn't have just, a DeMarcus Lawrence. No, for sure. Kind of Absolutely. But like the, the corner blitz, he just mm-hmm. missed. And there, he was pressing a whole lot. And I think a lot this of that's is not the game on him, where, but where you need he, him to bounce where back. Where he can bounce back because your edge players aren't as good as your interior, in my opinion. You have a Jerry Hughes and a Shaq Lawson who don't have the speed of Dang, DeMarcus. Dang, you, you named the wrong end that's starting. Who, Shaq Lawson is not your starter. Sorry, who, it's Trent Murphy. Trent Murphy, my bad. Um, who I however, who I compare to a Michael Jerry Bennett Hughes, type player because you can move him to a three tech. He he can wreak havoc on the interior. Yeah. But I want to run a lot of stretch plays to to get these guys that aren't these athletic uh, ends. I mean, yeah, at, Jerry Hughes around. is probably your most athletic end. I would Jerry say. Hughes is, and I will say this: don't overlook fifty five. They're going. Oh, to be, no, they're going to Absolutely be at minimum great three plays that. Probably won't get called for holding. Mm-hmm. Where Jerry Hughes is blasting around Carson Wentz and his arm is flailing up in the air. He's not going to draw the flag because ne- it just never happens. But it's going to cause Wentz to have to step up, for example, mm-hmm. and possibly take a sack that way. Absolutely, Jerry Hughes. If there was a if there was a pressure to sack statistic, I want to see it for Jerry Hughes because he he's causes the, he's their so version much of pressure. Brandon Graham. Yeah, right? right. But he never gets the sack. That's, Big motor that's guy. literally he's, Brandon he's a Graham guy to a that team. he's actually still very good in this league. He just doesn't get the numbers. Yep. You're describing Graham. Big thing, though, <laughs> you mentioned Wentz and blitzes. I don't think I've seen this Bills defense with how well time they've blitzed against opposing quarterbacks as well as they have this year. They don't do it often, but they generally tend to pick mm-hmm. the greatest spots and greatest way to do it because McDermott is not scared of sending 5'8 Taron Johnson at you mm-hmm. and he will make the play. They'll send a safety with Jordan Poyer. They'll send Edmonds or Milano. They'll send whoever the hell they want. Probably, 
outside of Trey White. So that's probably one of seven players that you just mm. don't have to worry about. Obviously, the defensive line, you have to worry about them. But like that's one of the other seven players that's like, all right, he's not coming, but who is? Mm-hmm. Is there someone coming? What's going on here? Like The Bills are actually very good at the timely blitz. They're not burned by the blitz, as we've seen with Jim Schwartz having these things happen. The big news about that is because the Bills have so much secondary depth, they can get away with it. Mm-hmm. They have the talent there that they can get those sorts of things. And Milano and Edmonds, who are very rangy linebackers, and Lorenzo Alexander, who knows how he might actually be, when it comes to production, their best pass rusher. Mm-hmm. Jerry Hughes, I still think, is their best pass rusher overall. He just doesn't have the numbers. But by the numbers, Lorenzo Alexander very well may be. And he helps rotate from linebacker to pass rusher to give you fresh legs on a constant basis. Don't try running in Shaq Lawson's direction. Mm -hmm. Dude may not know how to pass rush worth anything, but he is an elite run defender. Mm -hmm. He's very good at it. Yeah, I'm not running at the interior. And you're blowing stretch plays? Like, you want stretch plays? Don't run him toward Lawson because he's very good at blowing that Mm -hmm. up and maintaining his edge. He just just can't past a blocker on a pass right. rush. And I don't want to I don't want to me. I don't want to discourage the Eagles from running either though cuz when that mm-hmm. line gets churning and when they get the rhythm I'm that's, running they out can of 12. Take over I'm, game, I'm sending so. a lot of looks at these linebackers out of 12 yeah. in the pass game. I'm trying to get Sanders in there to pass protect as often as I possibly can to to succumb to not succumb he's to these up, timely he's blitzes up the blitz like you really said well this and year. you you attack you have to use your speed. You have to get Carson outside of the pocket because I don't Want to see him stepping up to Ed Oliver? And they haven't done that a lot, like and PA Jordan Phillips rolling and Latule yeah. in his face because they're gonna get pressure. Though Ed Oliver, we've seen it. He, he, the guy can get lower than most defensive tackles. Yeah. He's an athletic freak. He's gonna wreak havoc against a Brandon Brooks, who he is good, but he's not gonna beat Ed Oliver athletic wise. Yeah. Unless they're double teaming Oliver, which is what I would do because I feel he can get to the quarterback. He's your biggest threat. Yeah, he's your biggest threat. Jordan Phillips. Great player in his own Probably right. Probably the second biggest threat yeah, to absolutely. get to the quarterback at this point. Yeah, this is going to be a chess match between this. But at Oliver, that 10-yard split, he can get mm-hmm. to Wentz. I want Wentz outside the pocket. Just design some things to get players open. And you talk about getting Josh Allen in a rhythm. When Carson Wentz is the most elite is these Thursday night games when they shorten the playbook, get the ball out of his hands quick, get him to the line of scrimmage, doesn't need a lot of pre-snap evaluation. Just goes out there and plays and just gets in these up-tempo. timely I mean, rhythm why, and up-tempo. Wh- and why, when, when Wentz has had his best games this year, like they did adjust. They fixed the slow starts for a couple weeks there against Detroit. And uh, No, I shouldn't say that because the slow starts, they, the, they continued with, but it was because of the turnovers. Mm-hmm. They were moving the football against the Detroit Lions, against the Green Bay Packers, against the New York Jets, and it was because they went back to the blueprint of you know, no huddle, fast-paced, get the ball out quick, you know, PA roll out some RPO-style things, and that's kind of disappeared over the yeah, last two absolutely. weeks. Again, it's it's been an inconsistent year, I should say, yeah. for Doug Peterson. We should be talking about this so. matchup a lot, like how we talked about Green Bay's matchup, and a lot like how we talked about I feel Minnesota's like it is the kind matchup. of same feeling. The, our offense versus their defense. They have a lot of guys. We have a lot of guys. Yeah. Both sides of the ball, there are guys that can make plays. This is the one that's going to go back and forth. The can, other one, look, the Eagles' defense versus the Bills' offense, that could go one of two oh, ways, that could be, I think. That could be a disaster. The standard deviation, the if you ran that that yeah. simulation 10,000 times, would be it's gonna absolutely be different. insane. You yeah, could have right? Buffalo's offense putting up 35 points, and yeah. the Eagles' defense or is Allen shutting them down to 10. Or throwing for four picks. Yeah you, have, yeah, you have no idea. But 
This in regards to the offense and defense, I, I love this matchup. I, I think if fun. you want to see two units that the Eagles need to go out and prove their worth, and Buffalo just it's a tough place to play. They they make their money on that defense at home. And they still are feeling slighted, too. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, everybody in the national media yeah, still Yeah, because they're still waiting Buffalo, to see if they're yeah. phonies. They're waiting to write the headline that this it's is gonna a It's going to be a tough team. game, but I, ultimately I think what it comes down to is, like I said in the beginning, the Eagles have all their chips on the table right now. Like, this is beyond a must-win. We were talking about last week being a must-win. The Bills are playing penny slots. Yes. And they didn't – and look, the Eagles did not – They're normally. at the bar right now. They're getting their, their couple <laughs> yeah. rounds waiting yeah, for the next the next couple matchups yeah. with uh, the, normally, the Patriots. Normally the Eagles come to play for those. And look, last year they did after they were 4-6. and six. They, they almost ran the table and – I, I look back to the game where they had to go on the road to L- L.A. Mm-hmm. against the Rams, and their back were against the wall against one of the best teams in football, and, yep. and they pulled that I, out. Or I did Lambeau this. this year. But last week, they just it was so disappointing because that's a game normally they mm-hmm. step up to the plate, and they didn't. And that's why this is, again, make-or-break time. Is it the same thing as last week, and you let this consume you, and the season falls mm-hmm. apart? Or do you get back to what you're known at being best at, and that's – being backed into a corner and fighting through it. Yeah. I'm going to disagree with you on one thing. I still think that the biggest matchup in this game is going to be the Bills' offense against the Eagles' defense, if only because of the variance. Mm-hmm. There, there are going to be there's going to be give and take between the strengths of these teams, the offense for the Eagles and the defense for the Bills. There's going to be give and take here. I suspect about 17 points worth. The Eagles win this game if they get points off turnovers. Yes. The Eagles lose this game. If Josh Allen finally starts connecting on the deep ball, which yeah, I think those are two of the biggest swings mm-hmm. in this one. That's, I think that's where it is. The variance is going to allow this game to truly be the true dictator mm-hmm. of this game. The Eagles will get theirs. They have talent on that side of the football. The Bills will limit them. They have talent on that side of the football. This game is a game of blackjack. Mm-hmm. Can you get over twenty-one against Buffalo? I think that's if a good you way can. To put it. You have a great shot. If you don't, you're done. You've busted. You're out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're both going to have their big plays, and I think it. Yeah, it does come down to that. And the Bills' offense know, looks like they are at minimum capable of scoring twenty yeah. points in a game. If you can't get there, you're in deep trouble. Much like the Green Bay game that we're kind of comparing this to, and they the Bills the Eagles also took advantage in key situations right on third down mm-hmm. and in the red zone. So this is going to be a look this is going to be a huge game I think even for the Bills it's, it's a big one. They're 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 fine. They're like you said they're sitting at the bar. They're going to be okay at 5 and 2, but <laughs> I think this this game does mean a lot for them because they do vision this. Mm-hmm. They do see this as a a true test. They like a, a big test to prove that they are legitimate that they are with their they belong in that top tier in the AFC. So, and with the Eagles, they got to win this one to save the season mm-hmm. and change your total approach at the trade deadline. And you know, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a fun one. We'll yeah. be at the game at New Era Field. And I, 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 I wonder if I'm going to change up the format of uh, Sunday's show. Yeah, that'll I mean. be fun too because me and you are going to be on uh, Breakfast with the Bills. So, if uh, for our Eagles fans that are driving up for the game, if you head over to WGR Sports Radio 550, you'll hear me and Derek uh, 7 preview at 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. And then me and Gino are going to head over to the stadium. Yeah, we'll be in the lot walking around. Yeah, so, so if, if anyone uh, us, yeah, us we had a couple guys DMs. tweet at us last yeah. year that if they were they were headed up to the game, they want to meet up with us. So tweet us at Lockdown Birds at DBSC LOE or at Gino underscore LOE and I don't know if you want to take a picture or something or say hi what's up we'll uh we'll be around for sure we're Absolutely. gonna it's, it's it's fun because the Eagles only come up here every eight years so the last time they were here I was 12 
12 years old. I was old. in high school. So. And I have a master's degree and yeah. I'm about to get married. <laughs> exactly. Time flies. There you go, man. Things are But we're very... sitting with the exact same prediction, predicament that right? if we lose the Buffalo, we have to sit here for the next four years and hear from 250,000 <laughs> yep. people that live in the metropolitan area of Buffalo that they beat the Eagles. I don't want it to happen again. But, Lou, I did a quick exercise today. I look back the last three years under Doug Peterson coming off of his worst losses. Cincinnati, Cincinnati. game, Seahawks game, and last year. What was the game New last Orleans. year? New Orleans. He's two and one off of those. The only loss was the first season he was there in 2016 when he lost 25 to 23 against Washington. We came off was, our uh, worst loss. That was a good loss. game, though, too. They put together, it was Deshaun Jackson yep. again that was We're coming off us. of our worst loss. I, I expect a turnaround for Doug Peterson and company. It, it just it means too much to this team to lose. There's I, one thing that's critical in all of this you need to have some distance in the fourth quarter or you're not going to win. Mm-hmm. Because the Buffalo Bills have, for some reason, call it voodoo, wizardry, or BS at this point. <laughs> Josh Allen becomes a different player. If you do not I will have, say, though, the Eagles are great. In if the you do not quarter, have, if you don't have distance on it, the Bills have gone back and forth in the fourth quarter. So still the Eagles, come though, out dude. That's why I think this is such them. a toss-up, because the Eagles have come out, though, for the most the part, The only too. team that got distance was New England. Mm-hmm. And they won. And they won, and they also knocked Allen out of the football game. True. You need to have protection from fourth quarter, Josh Allen, or it's not going to go well for you. And your team with their slow starts, that cannot happen. If you buck some trends and you pad for the other one, that's your key to winning. Both teams' defenses specifically play very good with leads. So, yeah, look, this is, again, it's huge. And if they come out the way they did against Dallas, like you said, the way you laid it out, the scenario, how important this is, that's going to raise so many red flags for me that there are are internal problems Mm -hmm. that – There are bigger issues than us winning. Because, yeah, like, look, they they can still lose this game, but if you can still see that fight, then I, I still have hope. Whereas if they if, if the effort Your that's the big bad part that yeah hope it, is but there. the effort mm-hmm. if I see the same lackadaisical play this it seemed like for everything that I hate about Jalen Mills he looked like the only guy out there on Sunday that night competed. that wanted to play in that game if I see that again against Buffalo that's the concern then I have to start thinking oh my gosh there might be some locker room struggles there might be a rift within the coaching staff and the players so Buffalo I'm, make I'm you with pay you for that too yeah so they, they can't yeah right the that. bills are a disciplined team they will make team. you pay Sean McDermott. in a different way yeah uh they do take a lot of penalties they do need to clean that up if i'm the bills i need to make sure i'm cleaning up those pre-snap penalties i'm cleaning up the penalties when you're heading toward the red zone so that you are allowed to finish off these drives because you're good enough to do it for buffalo i think one of the other keys is going to be this I think that the Bills, you need to be able to hit them early. You're mentioning it, that lackadaisical effort sort of thing. From an outside perspective. Which is unique. I won't say this is a trend. Like, yeah. it was only last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but I think with that the headlines this week, I'm just nervous. Me, I don't want it to happen again. Call me an outsider on this because I am. From my perspective, it looks like if Allen connects on, an, or, on a deep ball early, oh, yeah. this might be the team that if you hit him in the mouth right away, they might fade. That's normally not so for how the they respond. They normally they respond well off of that, but it's yeah. again, it's very, it's going to tell. This week has always gotten off to a slow start. Yeah, it's going to be telling. Last year. How Based they start this seen, week is going to be Buffalo telling about that. Needs to go off to a strong start, just like how Philadelphia does. But if Buffalo gets off to a strong start here, Philly has this trend: hit him in the mouth, and it seems like with all this stuff going on, they might be a team that backs down. 
If that's the case, I'm very nervous because that means something has drastically changed. Yeah. Again, I'm I'm on the outside. From what I'm seeing right now, you hit them in the I think mouth. I think that's right from this last week's per- I think that's fair Agreed. from last week. And again, though, that's not the way that they respond normally under Doug Peterson and Jim Schwartz. So if that happens again, yeah, then there is You might be looking flux. at a here we go again kind of problem. I and hope the Bills not, would also be like Yo, we finally connected on that deep ball. Stop Let's on go. their throat, yeah. So the Bills, if they have an opportunity here, now would be a great time to put your pedal down and don't let up. It's going to be a great game between, I still think, two very good football teams. I think it's going to be a close one down to the wire, and we'll see if the Eagles can pull this one out. Derek Kramer joining us today of WGR Sports Radio 550. Sir, uh, thanks for coming on the show. I'm sorry I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to end it with a prediction. Okay, go ahead. That's uh, fine. This will be my only chance to do that with I can't you guys. do it anymore because I just can't bring myself. I'm such a fanboy still with predictions. Thank you guys for having me on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I do appreciate it. It's been fun. It's been a great talk about everything going into the nuances yeah, we of talked the game. Through, yeah. We've talked about the offenses, the defenses, and even the trends at this point in this last bit. I'm sorry I'm saying this, but I think the Bills do come out of this game with the victory. I wouldn't expect anything less from you. It will be tight. It will be a headache because, first off, all Bills games have been this year. I suspect that this game, the Eagles' defense, is once again the problem. The Bills win. 27 to 23 all right i i think the eagles come out with this one um i'm not predicting i don't want to give a score i just doing it i i hope from what i've seen in the past three years i want to believe that i want to think i know this team i want to think i know this team and we'll see on sunday i think they win i'm not giving a real legitimate prediction i'm gonna say this i think they pull here's your real prediction fans be ready for your heart attack because this is a buffalo bills game yeah the bills do not play blowouts this year. They play seven points or fewer, and it's just always Eagles t- do the same thing. Like, how many how many games oh have been God. decided by? Well, I mean the last two have, but like when the Eagles win or lose, normally it's by one score. Mm-hmm. The Bills so. let the Giants. All I'm going to say seven. is you're not going to go down twenty points or fourteen points to this team and come back and beat them. Yeah. That's not the Buffalo Bills. Agreed. That's a good they, way to they need. It, yeah. They you need can to come go close up. at that point. Yeah, you, the, you because the win. Bills allow you to get close. Yeah, but if you if you get off to a bad start. Mm-hmm. This is a team that's strong enough defensively, and particularly that they could bear. Hate to admit it, but this Eagles team needs to start fast. Something we haven't seen. We'll see Sunday if these boys yes, are sir. ready to play. I, I know the Buffalo will come ready to play. It's just will these Eagles? Come I will ready say to this play? though, in a genuine fashion. Good luck. Good luck. And you guys need it. Absolutely. You guys, I, I want you guys to succeed because, like I said, I'm over here. You don't I'm want your co-host to be miserable at I'm, seven a.m. You know? <laughs> not even that. It's <laughs> it's not even that because you'll have an entire week to get over it. But it's more of. I don't know about this one because this will like no, put them down. This hurt. might take. I'm a playing while. penny slots right now. And I'm good. Yeah, I've got a bunch of money in my pocket all yeah, of a sudden. Yeah, you're too comfortable. And right I'm now. just playing penny slots because mm-hmm. I'm just like, eh, you know what? I don't need to worry about anything anymore right now. You've got it on red. Now let's see how the ball rolls. All right. Well, we'll be back tomorrow. To we'll be back tomorrow. We're gonna get. We're still gonna continue our coverage here. We should have some special guests f- driving up from Philadelphia on either Friday or Saturday, and I teased it the other day. So. Keep an eye out for that podcast as well. That's why you got to make sure you subscribe to any podcast provider, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Himalaya, wherever and whenever you're listening. We always do appreciate it. And also on LockdownEagles.com. And the conversation continues on Twitter, at LockdownBirds, at DiBiaseLOE, at Gino underscore LOE. And uh, Derek, give a shout-out too because uh, some people might want to follow a Bill side for the game as well. So yeah, what's you your want, Twitter handle? If you want some Bill's takes on this game or if you want me – 
uh, basically uh, bitching about what's going on wrong on They might Sunday. like to see a Bills guy complaining if the Eagles are winning. <laughs> Um, or even just pointing out the things that are going on right for the team as well. I am never shy about this. I am at Derek Kramer 49 right. and I'm always willing to interact with anyone. If you bring, if you bring pleasant conversation, I'm always willing to go ahead and give the talk back. Thanks for coming on the show, man. Thank Appreciate you for having it, me. Thank you. It's been All a blast. Right. It's been really fun and, uh, it's going to be a great game on Sunday. So we're going to continue to cover it tomorrow. This has been the Locked On Eagles podcast. Louis DiBiase here alongside Gino Camilleri, Derek Kramer, and Lars Lewis. We'll be back tomorrow. Thank you for downloading. And uh, as always, uh, wow, well, I totally botched the ending, but go birds. <laughs> fly, Eagles, fly. My goodness. Let's hope the Eagles have a better performance than Lou just did on the end of that segment.